And also, and one of the main thing is that they don't get any competition from e-commerce. You know, Amazon's really known to be wiping out businesses. So you need something that is able to, people need that can drive to still and, and you know, and get their, their essential items. So as long as they have those main elements, and then we look at, of course, like you as a real estate investor, the real estate, you know, how's the traffic, how's the demographics, what's the household income, you know, is there jobs in the area? So we look at it from a real estate perspective. So what a year 2020 was. 2021 is here, and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon. For those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? Then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling Deal List, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals quickly, but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year. So if you are not on the Dwelling Deal List, click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com. Um, that's D-W-E. E-L-L-Y-N-N.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got Dwayne Clark with us today. How are you doing, man? I'm really good. I <clears throat> really appreciate the, um, the opportunity to be on your show and I, I would love your energy. So thank you so much. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Let's let's jump right into it. So obviously I, I know you a little bit. I see you on LinkedIn here and there. I know you're doing a lot of cool stuff, but for our listeners who might not know you, can you just tell us a little bit more about who you are, um, what you've been doing and kind of what you've been doing lately, actually? Absolutely. So I'm a husband, dad of two uh, here in uh, Connecticut and this love and life. Um, so I do a, a, you know, a couple of things. So I'm in the investment brokerage space where I do uh, single tenant net lease investments for passive investors, as well as I have a passive investors club, which is you know on the private equity side. So we work with a lot of different sponsors and different asset classes. Um, but yeah, bread and butter, um, most of the stuff, which, which I'm really known for, um, people like to call me the mailbox money guy because I just kind of focus on kind of passive investments and I got into that field because um, I, I uh, started on different um, tracks of real estate from flipping houses, owning small rental properties, um, property management and the brokerage. And eventually I ended up finding a mentor that was actually my client that owned a whole bunch of real estate, but he owned the Walgreens pharmacy. And at the time I had no idea that, you know, people can actually own that. I thought, you know, Walgreens owned and operated their buildings, but actually they they're, they like to lease, you know, like many other tenants, and it's cheaper for them to operate that way. And he was the landlord of it. And um, Walgreens paid all the bills. So they paid the taxes, insurance, maintenance, the cam, everything. So it's completely hands off. And I had like no idea that you can do that. So I went out on a journey through the help of him to learn everything I could possibly um, find on it. At that time, I'm also was a broker. So I decided to kind of focus my attention to help other investors to get into this type of asset class. And so I've been doing that now for almost over eight years. And then from there, I spun off to do the, my passive investor club that focuses on, on other assets. So it can kind of be very diversified and I have all of our eggs in one basket. So kind of in a nutshell, that's kind of how I started out. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you mentioning that triple net lease, right? Um, so 
for like just really folks that don't have any idea about this asset class, just kind of walk us through a little bit. You have already, but why would somebody lease and pay everything? Like what's the, you know, for somebody listening to this for the first time, they might think, I, I don't understand that. How, why would the tenant do that? Or mm-hmm. why is this structured this way? Yeah, exactly. It, well, it's, it's in essence is them. Um, if they went out and bought and owned the real estate themselves, they'll be taking care of everything anyway. Um, but from a ownership perspective, that um, for them leasing is just a lot more um, easier and cheaper for them to operate because uh, you don't can't imagine that um, Walgreens would own you know thousands of locations nationwide. They're not in the real estate business. They're in the operating, selling prescription drugs and and working with clients um, to kind of get them more healthy. And that goes the same for your local McDonald's, your local uh, Chick-fil-A or the Dollar General. And then, you know, of course, that's another discussion to have, like the franchisees, some franchisees actually own their real estate and operate it. But for the most part, most businesses that you see that we do our banking, our eat our food, get our burgers, we you know do our lunch and all that stuff every single day, they actually lease. And then we have the benefit of actually owning these properties and getting the benefit of them taking care of the the um, the operations of the property, which is, you know, they usually call the lease structure absolute triple net lease. So like every N of the of the N is, you know, a portion of the responsibility that the tenant takes care of. Uh, you can go a little bit deeper and there's other lease structures like double net where, you know, some of the ownership structure is the landlord takes care of a little bit. But for the ones that I'm that I like to talk to people about and most people are attracted to is the absolute where the tenant takes care of everything. So it's a really that hands off investment. It's a really benefit as well because you're not limited to deals that's in your backyard. So you're out in Houston. I'm here in Connecticut. Traditionally, if you were just kind of like a small landlord or, you know, kind of like a real big player, you would buy something that's maybe in your local marketplace with a absolute triple net lease. You get to take advantage of all of the properties nationwide. So you find the best deal with the best tenant, best location, and you focus on buying that, knowing that they're going to take care of everything and you don't have to kind of do anything. Um, you're just collecting most, checks. You're just collecting checks. You, you can be, and that's what I was attracted to because my client, he, you know, he owned a whole bunch of properties. He had, you know, property managers for some of his other stuff, but his main bread and butter was the net lease investments. And his lifestyle was, you know, hanging out, going to the beach, a lot of family stuff. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. So I, you know, kind of structured my whole business to get out of fix and flip and the small rental stuff that I had to constantly have some type of uh, responsibility for on a day-to-day basis and really focus all my attention on that. And I was glad I did that. And that was over eight, eight, nine years ago and, um, and just taken it to the next level ever since. So I, the way I kind of see our interview here is going to be, you know, kind of one down the path of your passive investors club and then on the brokerage side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people struggle to reach out to brokers and build broker relationships. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But if there's an investor thinking, wow, Dwayne, I've, I've never heard of Triple so Maybe this is the first time they've heard of it. And they want to go out and maybe start to do, you know, what you did in the beginning. Can you kind of walk us through from a tactical perspective of what they have to do um, to, to buy one of these things? I mean, you know, how hard is it? How easy is it? What is the path to take? 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's all the same kind of for buying into commercial real estate, but I always advise people to kind of first step back and then, you know, find out what are their goals? Um, because for net lease, there's a whole bunch of different types of tenants. There's different lease terms, there's locations, there's um, different uh, guarantees of the lease. So there's many different um, layers that you have to consider before jumping in. But usually when I get a call from investors that are interested in this asset class, I first say, you know, as far as like the type of return you're looking for, um, you know, as far as the uh, how long a, a lease term you want. So you know, once we get the answers to those questions, then I kind of talk about the different types of tenants that kind of match up well um, for that scenario. So, for example, I, we just sold a brand new construction 7-Eleven gas station and convenience store. That was a 15 year lease, uh, fully brand new construction. But the return on that, the cap rate was a 4%. And some people are not attracted to a 4%. Maybe they want 8% or 9%. And then there's also ones that we did was a dollar general that was like a six and a half percent, which is more attractive as well, but a little bit less in term, a little bit older building. So it really comes down to the particular investor's needs and wants and kind of their goals. And then I can kind of, you know, point them in the right direction to say, maybe you should consider these types of tenants. Um, but overall, my my uh, advice has always been the same as far as um, you need to get an essential tenant, which is, you know, going through a pandemic. A lot of businesses were shut down, wasn't able to operate like, you know, sit down restaurants. So I always say, you know, essential businesses, um, tenants that's always going to be able to um, withstand, you know, different market cycles, like needs based, you know, fast food and, you know, and retail people need to get groceries and milk and bread and, and toilet paper and things like that. Those are good tenants to be in. And also um, one of the main thing is that they don't get any competition from e-commerce. You know, Amazon's really known to be wiping out businesses. So you need something that is able to people need that can drive to still and, and you know, and get their their essential items. So as long as they have those main elements, and then we look at, of course, like you as a real estate investor, the real estate, you know, how's the traffic, how's the demographics, what's the household income, you know, is there jobs in the area? So we look at it from a real estate perspective. So once we start checking off many of those boxes, then we can start talking about the numbers. Um, you know, on average, the, the, the sales that we're doing are like the three to $5 million range. So they're not like something that you can just say, hey, I'm just going to invest 100000 and be able to own something. So, you know, we look at, you know, different many elements to make sure that it, you know, this type of investment is a good fit for you. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, so a lot of kind of similarities with what we do, multifamily syndication with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to jump over to the, the brokerage side. So if I'm somebody looking at, you know, getting involved with TripleNet Lease, and I'm looking out to, you know, brokers in my market, um, you know, trying to get their attention, trying to get them to send me deals. Um, but I'm a new investor, right? I, I don't have any track record in triple lease, right? But I'm learning, right? As a broker, what do you like to see from those that are just trying to get into the game? Yeah, just really just educating yourself uh, for, for what we do, because we work exclusively with buyers. So we educate the buyers and kind of let them know what the process is of making offers and find out what's on the market, just so they have that that correct expectation of what's out there. Because I don't like to then send them a property and they're saying, well, this is a four cap. This is not going to make me 
as much money as I expected. So we want to make sure that they're fully educated. Um, and even if they decide to work with us or go out on a market to go look at deals that, um, cause a lot of times, you, know, you can see some properties on like LoopNet or, or Crexy and, and all of these different marketplaces and you, you know, kind of get excited and call a broker. And then in some instances it's not the best practice for the broker, but sometimes they don't call back or they say the property is on the contract. They, they typically move pretty quickly. So if you're educated and of course, you know, working with a, a you know, a lender or mortgage lender, and you kind of have all of your elements in place that you can be able to kind of make a move, um, I think that's definitely the right step to, you know, be on like the, the broker short list for them to say, you know, this person is capable, educated on the process and then able to kind of move forward. Some of the deals I've done, uh, we, we bought and we put the offer and closed within 30 to 45 days, like really a quick, short scenario, like all cash. So sometimes some of the sellers, uh, sellers are expecting some of these um, buyers to come in at that and, for some people that may not be comfortable for them because it may be a quick, uh, too quick for them. So therefore that's why the education and possibly having like a, you know, a, a firm like us to kind of walk you through the process. So it doesn't feel extremely intimidating. So those are definitely things. If you're educated, know the process, familiar with it, comfortable with it, then you're definitely ready to, you know, start, um, you know, getting listings and kind of taking it to the next step. Fantastic. So another thing I want us to talk on is, so you've talked about, you know, kind of your deals and how you've helped people get into the business. So maybe talk about one of the deals that, you know, as a case study that you really liked, or maybe you helped someone, um, or maybe you guys made the most money. Just give us a case study of a, of a standard triple at least give us the backstory, um, kind of how, how did, or how did you find the deal for them? And, you know, how did they fund the deal? Absolutely. Well, we've done a, a lot of transaction. We worked in 40 States over, $250 million in sales from some from $15 million in transaction size, you know, the lowest one would probably be like, you know, 1.5 million. Um, the one that we just recently closed was a 7-Eleven gas station, Houston, Texas. So it was actually New Caney, Texas, really strong developing marketplace, uh, worked um, directly with the um, a developers agent, you know, ground up development, um, and it was through a 1031 exchange. We work with a lot of exchange buyers. Um, and because uh, from that standpoint, they're looking for a property, but then they have a short time frame. So for if your list is not too familiar with the process, you know, once you sell your property, your, your funds are with a, your accommodator, you have about 45 days. We have 45 days to find a replacement property. Um, and, and then once you find your replacement property, you have 180 days to close it. So sometimes given your time frame and you finding a suitable property that makes sense, things can get kind of tight. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of people that own businesses that they have other responsibilities. And by the time you blink, you're like 30 days in and then you still haven't found a replacement property. Then you have to negotiate with these different multiple properties and then finally settle on one that you want to make a move on and then financing or cash or whatever it is. So this new Caney um, project, uh, brand new construction, um, we went through probably 50 different properties just to make sure this was the right fit, that they had the right lease. Um, I'm very familiar with uh, 7-Eleven gas stations, do a lot of transactions through them to make sure that this lease made sense for the client and his exchange. Uh, once we got through to all of the details, um, we was right at, you know, with the, with the lender, kind of a little bit of hiccups there. 
we was able to make sure the transaction closed right before his 180 day deadline. And, and he was very satisfied. I mean, it was a little bit of sweat off the brow, but we was kind of glad that we was able to put it together and he's very happy and looking forward to his next sale that hopefully be able to have the opportunity to um, help him with that transaction as well. Awesome. All right. So, I mean, we can keep talking and talking, uh, you know, about tripping at least, um, really fascinating um, investment strategy. Um, looked at it like, I don't know, five, five years ago. Um, wasn't as sexy as yeah, what right. I <laughs> But I still find it really fascinating though, um, that said. Um, so I think we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answer. You ready? Sounds good. Ready. All right. All right. First question, what makes you Dwayne unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? I would say just I, I care as much as I um, like I'm an owner. So I, I you know I put a lot of care in it. And if the client is not sleeping, I'm not sleeping as well. I try to do everything um, to the best of my ability. And if I can't you know get an answer to something, I always you know look out to find it. Uh, so I just put a lot of care in it. And I'm also an owner of NetLease as well. Uh, so I kind of put myself in the same shoes. I want to make sure that you know, I'm walking them through to the process and giving them honest, honest credentials. And of course, you know, me growing up into my career, starting out, you know, fix and flip and, and, and kind of focusing on this niche. You know, I have a family now. So now I, I you know, do th different things uh, differently. So net least for me, is, you know, it's not for everybody. I mentioned you're more in the multifamily, which is a little bit different niche. This is a, this is more for people that want like a capital uh, you know, capital protection play or capital preservation play, not so much on, you know, the higher return on investment. They just want steady long-term income. So I'm dealing with a lot of people that are older in their career or just way too busy. They don't want to deal with the, the landlord responsibilities. Um, and they're okay with the lower, uh, lower um, income stream. So me as an older um, person with now two kids and a wife and I kind of have a little bit different mindset than I was when I was 25 when I was able to go into the house flipping game and deal with contractors to two three o'clock in the morning now I'm like I'd rather just have the Walgreens and even though it's a bit lower return I'm okay with that so so I understand that now and so I have a lot more empathy for people that's in those shoes and um, you know sometimes kind of focus on something that's you know not the glamorous sexy stuff which is good we also do multifamily and other stuff in my my past investors club, but I definitely have a nice um, liking for this niche right here. What was the last book that you read? And what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Uh, it was the, I forget the actual title. It's by Robert Ringer. It's a like millionaire mindset or millionaire routine or something of that sort. I got the wrong title, but it's basically um, taken through Robert Ringer, which I fully resonate with because he's he was also a commercial real estate broker, like independent like myself and gone through the trials and tribulations of being an, uh, an entrepreneur and dealing with an industry of, of kind of these larger big branches like the Colliers, Marcus Millichap and, and SRES and all of those big branches and with their big marketing budget and me as a like a solopreneur with you know, kind of a small team, I'm just kind of fighting and trying to get my way into the marketplace. Um, so I, from his book, we learn about kind of tactics of not being intimidated and then kind of really um, being um, perseverance and strong willed and just also um, having a nice morning routine 
starting you know four o'clock in the morning having to set certain things that you do all the time consistently in order to become successful and not thinking of it you know just taking it one step at a time being consistent even if it's small uh, steps just making sure that you, you move forward each and every day i know final question you've got your brokerage you're keeping busy you're amassing your you know assets um, bit by bit spending time with family um, what do you do for fun uh, for me it's just all family stuff we do a lot of game nights um, we watch a lot of movies um, we're up in connecticut the weather's starting to turn so we're looking forward to the nice warmer weather you know park days uh, each friday for me um, we have a you know daddy and, and jordan our daddy and christina day Today was a little bit different. We'll be going to a family friend's house and then kind of hanging out. So it's really just like, you know, family stuff. You know, when I was younger, it was, of course, going out, hanging out with the fellers, you know, going out and hanging out. But now, you know, priorities change and, you know, your interest levels change. I have, you know, different friends that have different hobbies and you know, look forward to fishing or hanging out and just having like a, like a nice casual talk, you know, over a nice dinner, a nice drink or something like that. So that's what I like to do for friends. Nice. If somebody is listening to this and thinking, wow, I like this Dwayne guy. I want to connect with him. What's the best place people can reach out, get to know you better? Absolutely. So I'm all in all of the uh, the uh, social media networks, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. You can just kind of type in my name, Dwayne Clark. Or if you have an interest, just even have questions on net lease investing, you know, just curious about it or just want to be able to get involved. That's buynnproperties.com. Or again, you can you know, reach me on any social network um, and connect with me and look forward to uh, seeing you there. Dwayne, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. And all the best to you and the family and talk to you soon. You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand believe it or a thousand podcasts and still going the best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine joe fellas joe talks to influential thought leaders we share the best advice ever with none of the fluff you've got to check this stuff out so listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com that's bestevershow.com